0: Earlier today, I spoke to Simon about my social media strategy. He called into my station after that, so for context, here's what I said to him. Simon's Gary from Motorspit with some babble on social media. Uh, Two of the channels that I use frequently are Facebook to promote an association that I run, because as well as messing around with real racing cars, I'm also, believe it or not, get ready to piss yourself laughing, a prolific Scalextric racer that's right sir and I'm talking international I'm talking the highest of high levels of scalextric racing if you can even get your head around the fact that there is such a thing needless to say six years ago uh, I hosted an event of my own which has gone on to become huge within that community and out of that formed a governing body just like the FIA and we run a lot of international events for digital slot cars these days and i use facebook as the main tool for promoting that work if you want to check it out it is disca the digital slot car association instagram is another platform that i've been using but really to tell you the truth only for about two months Um, i first got instagram ages and ages and ages and ages and ages and ages ages ago when i started a t-shirt business a few years ago And uh, just didn't use it, basically, couldn't be asked. And then, uh, for some reason, decided to give it another go, but this time promoting myself as a racing driver pretty much the same way as I am on Anchor, but of course using pics and vids on the gram. What I like most about Instagram is that I actually get a lot of engagement with proper, professional, famous racing drivers who are obviously much more fancy than I am. I was sceptical of Instagram when I first used it, but I'm pretty much a convert now. There's a link in my bio if you want to check it out.
1: Gary, I've got to say, after hearing your calling about social media and Facebook, you are one multi-talented person. Um, You are maybe the Lewis Hamilton of Electrics, or maybe Nelson Piquet, or maybe Nigel Mansell or maybe Michael Schumacher, or maybe uh, somebody else. No, um, absolutely. Um, If that's, um, or it sounds like it's a a passion at the end of the day, so I am not one to uh, dismiss these passions in life. Um, And I once did have a scale electricity, because I remember whizzing it around and then constantly coming off the thingamajig. I think I also had a little train set as well, so... uh, I can join that little club of uh, scale electrics and uh, maybe small gauge trains.
0: Simon, thanks for calling in. Appreciate the love as always. And uh, just acknowledging your compliments and kind words means a lot to me that you can be open-minded enough to uh, accept people's weird hobbies and uh, say kind things about them. So, yeah, that's cool. And uh, am I the Lewis Hamilton of that world? No, I don't have as many gold chains Random dogs, private planes or tigers, uh, as Lewis seems to. Am I the Nelson Piquet? No, because I don't have as many girlfriends and illegitimate children as he does. Um, Am I the Nigel Mansell? Well, I've never collapsed after doing any slot car racing, so probably not. And finally, am I the Michael Schumacher? No, I've never cheated my way to a world championship. So um, I'm not any of those four people. I have to have a think about who I am. Get back to you with that one one day the easiest thing would probably be for me to say i'm just me is it a passion of mine it certainly is but it's really just a subset of a larger passion and i'll tell everybody now a little story about why i'm so involved with it i am a racer in the heart that's just purely who i am 100 percent i like to race now racing is a very expensive discipline If you want to be a professional race car driver that gets to the likes of Formula One or the World Sports Car Championship, it's pretty much a given that you have to start in go-karts when you're eight years old or even younger now. They're racing Bambinos from the age of six. And you have to have a rich dad who threw lots of money at your career. You have to be charming and pick up sponsors. You have to spend millions and bajillions of pounds getting towards the top of the tree because talent alone is not enough. That's just the reality. So as a person that didn't do any go-karting while I was a little lad, uh, what I did was radio control car racing, or at least that's what I tried to do. I finally convinced my dad to buy me a professional radio control car, built it together with him. That was a really cool sort of adolescent bonding experience with my dad, spending the evenings putting that car together, um, took it to our local club, did some practice, did some racing. I was good. but then we figured out that to be competitive every week, we needed new tyres every week. Now, new tyres every week was a cost of 25 to £30. Pounds. That's not going to break the bank, but I'm a little boy with pocket money allowance, and that's not something that I can afford to do. So, ultimately had to give up on that one. Uh, a short story, but rather to cut a, a long story short, uh, I then started racing scale electric, which were cheaper than radio control cars. Um, still needed new tyres, but they're only two pounds, so much more affordable than the RC car. Um, just went to a club every week, local to where I live. I managed to get a lift off a dude that lived nearby, so that was good. Uh, started racing there, doing well. Started racing all over the country, did even better. Won the UK national championship uh, in my sort of second year-ish doing that as a sort of full-time hobby when I was 15 years old, beating all the old codgers that had been doing it for years. So that was pretty amazing experience. Well, I say amazing experience. It's amazing experience as Skeletra can get. But, yeah, certainly within the UK taught me a little bit about competition and how to control my mindset as a sort of teenage boy. And uh, after that, I just kept doing it. So that's it, really. That's my story of how I became involved with slot car racing, just from that moment went onwards to bigger and better things until I set up the organisation that I mentioned on my call in to you earlier. My actual racing career began when I was at university. Uh, I went to Coventry University, it had a karting society which I joined without any fraction of a hesitation and uh, went karting with them every four weeks. Uh, I finished second in that championship in my first year And also got drafted onto the British University's karting championship team. Uh, I was literally the last pick, like the reserve guy, uh, that came in when some dude transferred to another university or something like that. Because, I mean, I was a total novice at the time, so um, I wasn't quite as good as the other guys that had been doing it since childhood. But yeah, got on the BUKC team, did some proper two-stroke karting around some of the good kart circuits in this country. Enjoyed that experience. When I graduated, I knew I wouldn't be able to carry on karting, and uh, my dream at the time was to actually go to the United States and work with NASCAR, because it was just something I followed during that period of my life. Um, I saw the real value in NASCAR, which is not just going around circles, but it was the strategy of being the right place in the pack on the last corner of the last lap. Around about the time I was completing my dissertation, Uh, I saw a poster on the walls of one of the common rooms at university that said something along the lines of, are you an engineering student, are you from Birmingham or Coventry, and some third thing that I did qualify for. Um, If so, you can apply for a free bursary uh, to go and do whatever you want with in order to further your career after you've finished your degree. So I pretty much point blank filled out the application form saying something like, If you give me the money, I'm going to fly to America, hire a car, drive around all the NASCAR teams' workshops, knock on doors, ask for a job. I'm going to visit the Aerodyne Wind Tunnel Facility in Mooresville, North Carolina. I'm going to go to the Coca-Cola 600 NASCAR race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And I'm going to visit Penske. And I'm going to visit Joe Gibbs. And I'm going to visit Rick Hendrick. And uh, I want to see if I can get a job. And I'm going to go to Atlanta. And uh, they gave me the money, which I still can't believe. Anyways, uh, I spent most of it on my hire car, which was a a 3.5 litre Dodge Charger. I was under 25 at the time, so the insurance was horrific, and it cost more than the flight. Let's just put it that way. had an absolutely amazing time out in the States. I won't go into too much detail about that now, Um, but while I was there, I made a few connections. Six months later, I found myself in Toronto doing some work for a guy who runs Formula Atlantic Cars, out of his workshop in Pennsylvania. Now, a Formula Atlantic is pretty much like a Formula Ford that we used to have in the UK, except it's American, so it's bigger. Uh, It's got a bigger engine, it's got bigger tyres, and it even has a rear wing for a little bit of downforce. I was quite familiar working on these cars, as I'd worked a lot with them during my technical apprenticeship, and what I wasn't expecting was that I got the opportunity to drive one. Now, in one respect, this had kind of always been my dream. Like, this is a proper actual racing car that I'm going to get to drive here. But on the other hand, I knew that I was relatively inexperienced. I'm going to say relatively inexperienced. I ain't driven shit up to this point. So um, let's just say I was a little bit nervous. I think the team owner sensed this because as he was strapping me in to take the car out... I remember seeing the whites of his eyes and he was saying things like, just be careful, take your time, you've got nothing to prove, just go out and enjoy yourself. And I thought, yep, he's just pretty much praying that I don't crash his race car, reducing it to a pile of bits he's going to scoop up in the trash. It's probably worth me adding that I've just been dressed in whatever gear they could find lying around. I had boots that didn't fit, a suit that didn't fit. Gloves that had a hole in them, and uh, thankfully the helmet was a reasonably good fit, that's the most important part. But um, I wasn't exactly the most comfortable I could ever be in the cockpit. And I don't know if um, you've ever been up close to a single-seater racing car, but they're not the roomiest of places to be. Um, And the steering wheel is very small. You've got a shroud around it that doesn't give you much room for manoeuvre. And the gear shift is actually down on your right-hand side on a rod, basically, that runs down the side of the cockpit of the car. And the throw on a racing gearbox, as in the distance you have to move the gear levers in the gate between all the different slots for the gears, um, is about five times smaller and shorter than it would be on an ordinary road car. So I'm just fiddling about with the gear stick while I'm sitting... In the pit lane with the engine off uh, waiting to go and this thing is like um, like a bit like a joystick on an arcade game you know it goes up down left right in about an inch of movement either way and I'm thinking yeah, this is gonna be interesting but the guys signaled that it was time to go put the clutch in fired the starter and I thought just don't stall it The engine's fired. I brought up the clutch, and when I say brought up, what I mean is I switched on the clutch, because uh, definitely the operation was more akin to a switch than a pedal with any sort of travel. Um, I remember giving the engine something north of 2,000 revs. Thing pulled away beautifully in first gear, and I sort of shot off down the pit lane. I thought, great, I didn't make an ass of myself in front of everybody, yet. I knew the first thing I'd have to do once I got out of the pit lane was grab second gear. So having already explored the limited throw, of the gear shift, I had no idea what was going to happen. Drove out of the pit lane, took the thing up to about 6,500 revs, put the clutch down with a flick of the wrist, selected second gear, brought that clutch back up. And I never thought about changing gear again. It was just so natural and so perfect. Not because I did it perfectly, it just worked and um, turned into the next corner. Just, I felt so at home, so immediately, I can't even find the words uh, to articulate the sort of true feeling that was going through my body. I just knew this was where I had to be, this was my environment. Um, it sounds absolutely crazy for me to say this like it was a religious experience, but I just felt like this was my thing. I knew it instantly. And, it you know, I'd always been passionate about racing and wanted to do it more than anything else since I was a little boy. But having this experience just confirmed it to me. It's like, yeah, you're. this is what you're made to do. You're on this earth for this reason. You know, considering how nervous I felt about driving the car, I was on the track for all of two seconds and I immediately felt totally at ease with the thing. And I'm not saying I wasn't concentrating on what I was doing or, or anything like that, but I just felt at home. I can't put it in any other way. I'm not sure exactly how long I spent out on the track. I estimate I'd done 8 to 12 laps, perhaps. I just came in of my own accord. Uh, I wasn't called in. Came into the pits, stopped the car, switched the engine off, and the same team owner with the shaking hands and fearful voice and whites of his eyes came over. Before I'd even got out of the cockpit, he, he put his hand into the cockpit, gestured and shake my hand, shook hands. He said, well done, Gary. He said that was a very calm and measured, sensible and professional drive. And the, even repeating those words now actually sent a shiver through my body because I thought that's the greatest compliment that I think I could probably ever uh, receive from anybody. Because here's a guy with his race cars. I mean, he's like a 60-year-old dude. He's been doing this all his life, right? And I'm just an absolute nobody from England, the mechanic that came over to do some jobs in the summer and um, let me out in the car. And for him to say that after all the guys I'm sure he's seen drive his car into the wall over the years really resonated me and um, made me feel good. On the flight home... I started to reflect on the experience I'd had and the good feeling went away because I thought I'm never going to get to do this, you know, all be swell if I could go home, jump in the next Formula Ford race and uh, have things go from here. But I knew that that just wasn't going to happen. I just decided to take the experience for what it was valuable, amazing and something for me to always remember the day I discovered my true passion. Fortunately for me, that wasn't the last time I'd been a racing car, as in 2014, I set my ARDS ARDS, racing driver exam and got myself a racing licence. It was an MSA National B, the very bottom rung of the ladder in terms of the licence stack, and uh, got myself involved with the Toyota MR2 Championship, which I've been doing since then. Now a MSA National A licence holder, and really enjoy my racing. My ambition now, although, to tell the truth, it's probably always been my ambition, is to race at Le Mans 24 hours. Uh, Sounds like perhaps a bit of a pipe dream, but the story that inspires me the most is that of Patrick Dempsey, uh, the famous actor. He's been racing at Le Mans since 2012 now, and he's not a racing driver, because he's an actor. So if he can get there, I can get there. And uh, just following his story on how he can get there really motivated me to uh, to give it a shot, to give it my all. I remember the quote from uh, Patrick. He said, I don't want to be the actor, I want to be the racer, the racer who wins. And uh, that's pretty much the mentality that I've always had whenever I'm doing something that isn't racing. Now, I do have the disadvantage of not being a multi-million pound earning Hollywood movie star and on the cast of Grey's Anatomy. Um, but I know that I've got a certain x factor about me I think I can make it doing my thang so as long as I execute on that and reap the rewards keep doing what I'm doing keep racing keep building relationships keep enjoying life positive vibes then I have no doubt that I'm going to get there